Hello, lovely. It's Shauna Lee, and welcome back to the Soul Frequency Show podcast, where we're stepping into the light and raising our frequency together. Each week, we get to return to this sacred space to have conversations about the things we all experience in life, love, health, and career. A space where we, as spiritual beings, having this human experience, can amplify our gifts and remember our truth. The title of this episode is Leadership Design. All right, so we're talking leadership today, but not not the boring old leadership principles of yesteryear, not the things that your mama and dada were talking about. Um, we're talking about it in a whole different way, a fresh new perspective on how we can be in the world, how we can lead, how we can manifest as our most authentic selves. That's really what it's about, is being able to create and inspire in authenticity. So leadership is not a mold that we need to fit ourselves into. And I think a lot of times um, we think it's that way. Like I have to be this to be a leader. Leadership is actually an expression of your true nature in service of others while inspiring and connecting and creating a powerful vision. So truly every one of us can lead. And we do it all the time. There are some areas of your life where you are leading um, one area or another, right? And then somewhere maybe we're not. And the most important thing you can do is to understand how you lead, how it feels authentic for you. So this is just another powerful way to know thyself, which is really what this show is about. And I can't think of a better person to talk about this than my guest today. She joined us several months back in early 2019, and now she is back on the show to expand our knowledge. Erin Claire Jones joins me today on the show. She specializes in helping leaders and teams step into their highest potential by offering them a blueprint to how they operate so they can perform at the top of their personal and professional game. She has consulted for startups all over the world. She's built companies supporting executives and partnerships and small teams to operate more harmoniously and effectively. And she's conducted research on leadership challenges at 90 plus early stage companies. She is a leadership coach specializing in human design, which is the science of understanding yourself. Human design serves as a tool for high performance, making it easier to flow and materialize what you truly want in life with every decision you make. Human design sheds light on your emotional, psychological, and energetic makeup, giving you the self-awareness and tools to align with your nature and step into your highest potential in every area of your life, in your career, in partnership, and in relationships. So not only does it offer unparalleled insight into your unique nature, it equips you with self-sufficient tools you can use for life to consistently perform at the top of your personal and professional game. Human design is a synthesis of ancient wisdom, things like astrology, the I Ching, the chakras, the Kabbalah, with modern science, things like quantum physics and genetics. So with no further ado, Erin Claire Jones. Hey, Erin Claire, it's so good to have you back on the show. 
thank you. I'm so happy to be back. I know we kind of started off the year. We did an episode, I think it came out March 21st, where we dove into kind of the, the main points of human design. And on that episode, we talked about having you back again. And so it's kind of fun to kind of close out the year uh, diving into this. There were so many good uh, messages I got from people just curious about it. And I think we're good. living in a time where, don't you think where people want to know more about themselves and kind of how oh. they operate? Oh my God, definitely. I think that like, I don't know if I shared this last time, but I feel like when I first started sharing human design, everyone was like, what in the world are you talking about? And I feel like we're at a point now where people like, they want to know and like, they're open to so many new modalities. So yes, I think people one love learning about themselves. And two, I just think we're at like a very special time where they're more open than ever before. Totally agreed. And one of the things that I know you focus on is like how we lead and our leadership style. And so often, like with people that I coach, they'll say things, I mean, in every different way, like, oh, you know, so-and-so does it like this, or this person does it like that. And I think when people start businesses or they start to step into leadership positions, it's really normal to look around you and say, how is this person doing it? It looks like they're successful. Therefore, I'm going to emulate that. And what I think was so fascinating on when we first talked is really talking about how your specific design is a mm -hmm. blueprint to how you approach life. So can you talk about that through the lens of leadership? Yes, absolutely. I mean, it's such a good point because I just feel like so often like entrepreneurs and all of us, it's like, you should do it this way. You should market yourself this way. This is how you should make decisions. And like what human design reveals is that it's actually very different for each of us. And so like, just like a very small example is like, you and I are both emotional in our design. And I'm sure we touched on this last time, but basically like some people, if you're sacral, for example, it basically means you're designed to make decisions in the moment and have the capacity to kind of operate very quickly in that way. But like for you and I, like we need a bit more time to like feel into things before we commit, you know? And so you can imagine like in a workplace, if someone's like hurrying you or pressuring you to make decisions, it can be a little bit more challenging. Um, and so there's just a lot of differences like that. But I think in general, like if we're thinking through the lens of the types, you know, projectors. So we have generators, manifesting generators, projectors, manifestors, and reflectors. And if you're curious to look yours up, you can go to erinclairjones.com slash look up. You need your exact time, date, and place of birth. But projectors tend to be really good at like managing and leading and guiding from the outside, kind of like coming in and guiding the energy, spending one-on-one -on -one time with people and then kind of removing themselves. Like they often don't thrive when they're in that energy all the time, but their gift is in really kind of not doing, but in just like, you know, really like understanding the people they work with. Um, and really kind of asking questions. I think for generators and manifesting generators and you're a generator, like these people need to be like deeply lit up by what they're doing. So like even in a leadership position, they need to be like so stoked about leading and and they need to have people around them, like ask them questions and give them things to respond to and present them with options. Um, and they can kind of often be like, you a little bit less so, you kind of are better at leading from the outside too, but they can kind of be in the hustle of things leading from there. Um, manifestors need a whole lot of freedom. So if they're leading, like they kind of need to be like informing people, like this is what you have to do. And then like go be able to do their own thing and innovate and kind of come back and check in. Um, and so it's just like, and, and there's a difference for reflectors too. You know, reflectors are super sensitive. So they're going to lead best when they have the freedom to kind of go around and like sample how things are going in the teams and the offices, kind of just like offer their wisdom, remove themselves, come back into it. And so it looks a little bit different for each of us, you know, in terms of how we're designed to communicate and, and also make decisions. You know, like I said, some of us make decisions in the moment, others of us need a lot more time. So I think it's obviously just giving the surface there, but it's so helpful to just kind of understand our operating system, the people around us, so we can kind of fully leverage it. 
Yeah. And what are the, do, are there specific challenges for each of the types, like in leadership, totally. like things that they run up against where it's like, oh, this is hard for me? Yeah. So I think like one thing for projectors in general is like projectors tend to like just do too much. You know, like they, projectors, our energy is super limited. Like it's there and then it's not. Ideally, we're working like three hours a day, you know? And so <laughs> if we get like, which I know is like not always feasible. I can like say that I'm not doing that right now. But like, I also feel like I really have the energy for all this stuff. But I think that um, projectors, so I think projectors, like their biggest shadow is like honestly being over-involved, like being overzealous, like taking on too much, like getting kind of wrapped up in the energy of everyone else and not knowing when to kind of remove themselves and just honor that their energy is a lot more inconsistent. So not taking enough time to rest, you know, I think with generators and manifesting generators, and these are two different types, but there's a lot of similarities there is that like their biggest shadow is one in like overcommitting, you know, because they have all this like amazing, juicy, vital energy and often people want to take advantage of it. And so they're like, yes to this and yes to this, but they're actually not doing the things that they enjoy. And so these people need to have like super clear boundaries around like, I'm only available for the things that I'm lit up by and super enjoy and I'm not available for the rest. Um, I would also say for these people, like they're designed to kind of really just pay attention to what's showing up in their outer world and like what they're responding to in their gut. And so one of their biggest shadows is like, um, is basically becoming so fixated on like one outcome. They're actually like blind to all the other things that are coming their way. You know, um, does that make sense to you? Yeah. You know, what's really funny as you were saying that, cause I'm obviously a generator, like growing up, I mean, giving someone permission, like a generator or manifesting generator to do the things they're lit up by is so freeing mm -hmm. because growing up, it was like, you don't always get to do what you like. You know what I mean? Like you have to do these other things. Like there's a lot of programming around, you can't always just do what you like, you know? And totally. so, and I remember I used to just be like, but why? <laughs> like, why am I doing things I don't like? And so you saying just do the things you're lit up about. Like you guys need to do the things that light you up inside is freeing in and up. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. I know. And mm -hmm. delegate the others, right. That's been a big journey of mine. Um, because I had a lot of programming from people that weren't generators growing up, um, about taking a lot of different things on. And so delegating more and more is like, feels better, but it's also a shift from what I was programmed, right. That isn't really my true nature. Mm -hmm. Does that exactly. make sense? Totally. You know, I think we come up with a lot of conditioning. And so I think human design is often just that permission to kind of return to a more, you know, authentic way of operating that we often haven't felt permission to really step into, you know, and I think to like tell generators and manifesting generators, they're like, yeah, you're designed to do the things that really light you up. And that's how you contribute the most, you know, and that obviously extends even to romantic relationships. Like if you're a generator and in a romantic relationship where you're kind of getting pulled into someone else's flow and you're not like honoring what lights you up and what gives you energy, it's going to be super challenging. You know, so like the most important thing you can do in that relationship is like, honestly, honor the things that you really enjoy and like give time to that, even if it means like not spending time with your partner, you know, and kind of coming back to them later. Um, and then just to like close the loop on that in terms of manifestors, like, you know, what I would say they're operate very differently than the rest of us. And like, not even the rest of us, like I operate differently, we all do, but I think that their biggest shadow is like trying to fit in you know, trying to be like other people, like they're off, like they operate best when they're like not being told what to do. They're like not being managed or guided in any way. They often don't even really enjoy managing people. I imagine some of them do, but I think just what they like, don't try to fit in and like allow themselves to be as powerful and impactful as they are. It's super profound. I'll also say one of the biggest things for manifestors is all about informing, basically practicing, letting people know what they're going to do before they do it. And so one of the biggest challenges is if they don't inform. 
you know, and they don't let people know. And then people tend to get like very suspicious and super resistant to them. Um, and then with reflectors, you know, I think reflectors are also incredibly unique. And so probably one of the biggest shadows for them is like trying to be just one thing. Like the magic of reflectors is that like, they are going to feel different every day, depending on like who they're with and where they are. So probably the most important thing is that they just allow that and kind of allow that fluidity rather than like trying to put themselves into one box or if they like are trying to have consistent energy, you know, and like, you know, obviously there's a tight piece, but just to like share a layer deeper, like we don't have to go into it, but I would also recommend like if you're exploring your human design, one of the most important areas to look at in terms of where you can get taken off track is what we call your open centers. And these are basically the areas in your design where you're the most open and sensitive to taking in other people's energy. And those are the places where you can kind of get very taken off track. And then also in terms of your profile, because that's kind of how you're uniquely designed to manifest your purpose. So I think I have a lot of open centers. You do. You have five. Wow. Yeah. So what, so what would you say to somebody with five open centers? So, I mean, one, there's like, you've got a lot of energy, like you've got a lot of energy in the bottom half of your chart. So one, it's like good to kind of move your body, you know, and kind of move the energy around. You have this very kind of open and enveloping energy that really attracts things to you. But in terms of that openness, like there's just a real sensitivity. And so like one example is like, you know, I, I don't remember whether we talked about this, but like you're somebody who's incredibly sensitive to your physical space. And so one of the most important things you can do as a leader and as a human is to choose to be in physical spaces that feel good to you because you're just going to take in a lot. So like, if you're going to have a meeting with someone, you should choose the place, you know, if you're going to work on a consulting project with a team, you should make sure that office feels good. Like you should make sure you're in a city that feels good. Like it's just going to be so much easier for things to go well when you're actually in physical places that feel good to you. Fascinating. And what does it mean? Like, cause I, I think a lot of my open centers, I, I don't have a chart in front of me, but yeah. a lot of them are uh, like up, right? Like in my mm-hmm. head. And yes. so what is the difference between, I know you said there's a lot on the bottom of the chart, like is there a difference when you have a lot of open at the top versus open at the bottom of the chart? Well, they all signify different things. Like a lot of the centers at the bottom, like are like motor energy centers. Like that's where you get your energy from. So like you have a very powerful, like emotional center and a very powerful gut response and a super powerful drive and a really like highly connected intuition. So those are your defined centers. Um, but again, and then the ones up top are more around like ideas and inspirations and how you communicate and how you like identify and kind of your ego. Um, and so there's not like, I can't generalize there because each center is different, but like, again, so many of the bottom centers are all around just like energy and where you get your energy from, you know? And so up top, like, again, all your open head and your open mind, like you're so open, like ideas, inspirations, like all these things coming from all directions, which is so powerful. But again, you just knowing that like, you might get a little bit taken off track sometimes because you might lose focus or get mentally scattered or focus your mental energy on things that don't matter that much. So really kind of using that gut response and using your emotional clarity to know like, what are the things that are really worth focusing on? Would that relate to having like being very open to like infinite possibility as well? Cause I like totally. to see things from like 7,000 different angles. Yes. So yeah, that's your open mind. That's one of the centers, which is basically like you have the capacity to like see the nuance and layers of things in a way that others can't. And so the shadow of that would be like, you know, getting too fixed on one way of doing things or feel they need to be like certain and getting like too defensive. And the wisdom is being like, oh my God, I can literally see every single perspective, you know, and, and see all the nuances of this thing and just kind of allowing yourself to always be exploring and being super fluid and adaptable in your process, in your process, rather than kind of getting fixed into one way. Fascinating. So what are some of the things like when you look over all of the amazing people that you've had the opportunity to work with, 
Is there certain things that rise to the surface that people tell you time and time again, like knowing my human design was valuable for this? You know, I think my sense is that like when I share people, when I share information on human design, like I'm not telling people stuff they don't know. I'm like not giving them this foreign language where they're like, oh my God, what? Like, that's never who I thought I was. Like it often tends to resonate on a super cellular level. They're like, oh my God, yes. I feel this. I know this. I haven't actually allowed myself to step into it. And so I think that like, that's what I get over and over again. It's just a sense of like validation where like, for example, like, you know, a woman I did a session for today, like she's a manifesting generator. And like one of the gifts of manifesting generators is like having their energy in a lot of things at once, not doing just one thing. So for her, like she's been made to feel a little bit wrong or shameful because like she's doing too much at once and not like making it all happen or bringing it all to life. And she's like, I need that stimulation to be successful. And like human design just validated it, you know? And like another example is for her, her authority was all around her gut response. And so like she historically has like gotten into her head about making decisions and like not really giving herself permission to listen to her body. So like me just validating the things she already knows kind of gives her permission to step into it. So I think there's just like a lot of those characteristics. And like, for me, for example, like knowing that like, I'm not, my gift is not in the doing and I don't have this like consistent source of energy. And so I've got to be like super, um, just like have very clear boundaries and also acknowledge like the natural flow of my energy has been super empowering. I think, honestly, I think I probably would not have discovered or like had language around if it wasn't for human design. So there's a lot of like little specific things like that, where it's just like giving people permission to step in to things that they already know, but haven't allowed themselves to actually like embody. It's really cool. When you look at like, let's say leadership and let's say there's a small company and there's, you know, X number of people working for it. Like, is it helpful to understand the design in relationship to the role that the person plays in the company? Like, have you found that there are certain designs that are best in certain roles? Yes, totally. It's not totally generalizable, but I think, for example, like projectors, like they often, if they're going to work in teams, like they make really great managers. Obviously not all projectors like to manage, but like I definitely have experience where I'm a much better manager than I am at actually being on the team. So like if you have projectors on your team, you want to kind of hone that craft or hone that gift, you know, and not expect them to do all the doing. And I think with like generators and manifesting generators, like there's not going to be a specific role, but I think more just like ensuring that they're in a position where they're like so lit up and so excited about what they're doing. And especially their manifesting generator where they have the freedom to kind of do a lot of things at once. And like, what's so cool about human design is that I think it reminds us that we need each other. Like we're not here to do it alone and we're, we actually need the other types, you know, we need the other people. Like I worked with teams before that are all manifesting generators and like, it's amazing. There's so much energy, there's so much life force, but there's actually something missing when they don't have other kind of energies in the mix. And so I think that like, that's the magic of bringing it to teams is you can just engineer things a little bit more consciously based on just like the energetic DNA of the team and like what's going to make them more functional and like more diversified as a team. What are reflectors great at? So reflectors are like in business talk and business terms, we call them Mm -hmm. the evaluators because they Mm -hmm. basically have this like tremendous capacity to kind of see things that other people miss um, and kind of just like read into like the energy of a space or an environment or a team and just kind of like offer a very objective perspective. And so like they thrive best at teams when they can kind of go around and like sample everything in that space and kind of like be invited in to share their wisdom. So like the example I always share is like reflectors operate best if they're like next to the CEO and just kind of like whispering in their ear and like telling them all the things that they see. And so like when I've had a reflector on my team before, it's been like, I've literally, I'm literally asking them questions all the time because like their perspective is so out of this world and always so right on. 
Um, so just kind of being in positions where they're really valued for that and value for their ability to kind of synthesize information. So cool. Who are the, who are the best with like the detail oriented, like really getting in there and doing the projects? So it's going to depend, like generators can definitely be good at that, but like, I think it's going to depend a little bit on different aspects of the design because like some people, like they really have this quality of like of detail and other people don't like for you, you definitely have one of your strengths is really around focus of like when you are present, it doesn't even mean you'll always be the one doing it, but like when you're present, you kind of help a group like zone in and focus and like go deeply into the details of something. And you can kind of just like still the energy of that group to kind of like really dive deep. And you also do have a lot of strength around like organization and details as well. Um, but so I think that it really, you know, I think it, it depends on the design for sure. But I think also like, like the thing is that the things that might feel mundane to you are probably going to feel really exciting to someone else, you know? And so it's really just kind of like architecting a team where it's like, you're actually finding people that are excited about each thing. Does that make sense? Such a good point. Yeah. It's such a good point. Um, yeah. What about like in personal relationships? Yeah. I think that like, sorry, let me just share one example because I loved sure. it so much. I was like, we, my partner and I went to a wedding earlier this year in Morocco and we like bought all these rugs and we like shipped them back and we're trying to figure out how to clean them. And we, my boyfriend found this guy who came over to our house to get the rugs and he had rug life tattooed on his, like his fingers. <laughs> and Jared was like, what is going on? He's like, I've been doing this for like 20 years. This is my life's work. Like I'm going to make your rugs the best you've ever seen. And it was just like, there was so much like passion and enthusiasm. And it was just like such a reminder that like, how good does it feel to like have people around you that are that excited about doing their thing? You know, like it was just like so fun to like give him the rugs to like pay him for the rugs to get these rugs back because he was like so on fire about something that like I've never thought about doing, you know? And so I just think like knowing that that's possible for people that again, that what might not be exciting for us will be exciting for someone else. And so just kind of like getting into each of our lanes so we can actually empower everyone to do that. Makes sense. Oh, I love that. Yeah. It's so <laughs> it's awesome. So and it's, I think sometimes we forget because we're looking through our own lens that things that aren't exciting to you are exciting to somebody else. Exactly. Like, I mean, think about like perspective from a hiring standpoint. Um, I've been in different before even I had my company, I've been in the role of obviously someone being hired. And then I've also been in the role of hiring mm -hmm. and which is two great perspectives to have. Like, I really feel like everybody should need to do both of those at some time in their life because totally. it really gives you like an interesting insight. And I think sometimes people hire when I used to kind of assess this from a perspective of, well, I don't want to do this and I don't like to do this. And so I want to find someone else to do this for me, but they, but from the context of maybe they're not going to really like it either, but right you know, they'll need the job. And so they'll, they'll do it. And I think sometimes we don't even see like, you want to find the right person that's going to love that work. Exactly. And that's going to be like, so on fire about that thing, you know, um, it's such a good example. And I think we don't look at that enough, you know, and I think like there are people that it's probably going to be super exciting to, you know, um, I think in terms of the personal relationships, you know, I do a lot of like business partnership analysis or romantic partnerships. And I think like one thing I'd, always say is that like, I'm never going to look at a partnership and be like, this is impossible. You know, you're screwed. I think like any relationship <laughs> is possible. Like if you really understand like each person's uniqueness and you kind of allow them to be different than what you are. I think that like in general, like when we expect people or like teams to be different than what they are is super challenging, you know, but I think like, for example, like it often really helps, you know, like how to support people. So 
if you have projectors in your life, like these projectors, like the most valuable thing for them is to feel recognized and invited in. So you want to invite them in. You want to recognize them when it feels really authentic. Like projectors, our energy is a lot more inconsistent. So you want to like encourage them to like really take rest when needed, really take care of their body and just like tap into like what feels right to them and not like kind of sometimes with as projectors, we can like amplify other people's desires and get like really caught up in things that we don't actually want to do, but we're like, we're taking on everyone else's energy. So let's do it too, you know? So really encouraging them to just like kind of reconnect to our own energy and choose from that place. And like, you know, one small example of that is my partner's a generator like you and I'm a projector. And like, whenever we travel to a new city, he immediately has the energy to go explore the city. And like, I feel like I should, because I'm like, we're in a new place. I should go see it. But like, I never do. And so he knows this now. So he's always like, go lie flat on your back, you know, for three hours. I'll see you later. And I'm like, oh no, but I just like know that I actually need that, you know? And so like, that's how he can really best support me. Um, And then in terms of supporting generators and manifesting generators, like I mentioned, like one of the most important things for them is that they're really doing work that is deeply satisfying to them. So like whether it's in a work context or personal context, like really encouraging them to just like pursue their joy and pursue the things that light them up, even if it's not going to like make them money immediately. And even if it's not what you're doing, you know, again, like I said, people can get really tripped off if it's like stay in my flow, but like not actually allowing them to do their thing. And my partner too, he can get caught up in my flow and it just doesn't work. I'm like, oh, you've got to go do your own thing. We'll be back tonight, you know? And I think also with generators and manifesting generators, like some of them can make decisions in the moment, but some of them need a lot more time. But regardless of that, they are all going to like really have a very strong gut response. So it can be really helpful to ask generators and manifesting generators super specific questions. So instead of asking you open-ended questions, like, where do you want to go tonight? Or what do you want to do next in your life? You know, being like, do you want to go eat out or eat at home? You know, do you want to do this or this? Like simple yes, no questions that kind of allow those people in your life to bypass their mind and get straight into their gut. How does that feel to you as a generator? Yeah, definitely. I think I, um, I'm able to make, maybe there's other stuff in my chart. Like I'm able to make faster decisions, but the other manifesting generators and generators in my life don't at all. Yes. yes. Like they really... Like if I, my husband's a generator and he like, like I'll ask him a question and he's like, I'll get back to you. You know, like he needs to go away from Mm -hmm. this moment and think about it and like ponder it. And then Mm -hmm. he'll come back with an answer. Usually when I've almost forgot that I asked the question, like he'll just, he'll think about it and then he'll come back and he'll be like, remember how you asked me this? And I'm like, yeah. And it'll be very clear. Like he has made the decision. This is what it is. Or it's a very clear answer when it comes. And I think it took me a second to appreciate, you know, that he doesn't go through the process of making the decision with somebody. Mm-hmm. It's like, I need to go away. I need to feel good about this and I need to come back. And then I'm solid with yes. what I've decided. Like, it's not going to be yes. wishy-washy. It's what it is. Yeah. And then he comes back with that clarity, you know, and there's another totally. aspect of our design, which is all around the definition. And there's like single or split. And it basically means some of us, like, for you, for example, like you don't need to be around other people to make a decision. Like you just have like a very independent self-contained process where you can kind of just access your truth. Whereas other people like need to physically be around other people, like kind of go into different environments, be stimulated in different ways to actually know what's true for them. So, so again, it's just something that, you know, for me, it's like, if I feel stuck, it's like, oh, I just need to like go for a walk or go to a coffee shop or like go to the park and kind of be activated by other people. And that's going to help me access my own clarity. Um, 
And then in terms of supporting manifestors, like just remember that these people like aren't here to be told what to do or guided in any way. So like never trying to control them, giving them all the freedom and autonomy in the world and kind of just like really letting them do their own thing and follow their own flow. Like they might get a little bit angry or frustrated. Their own flow is kind of interrupted. And also, you know, their strategy is all about informing. And so like letting people know. And so you want to inform manifestors back. You want to kind of like, rather than ask them all these penetrating questions, which like they might have a harder time responding to, you know, being like, tell me about your day. Just like open-ended statements that kind of allow them to like pick up the seat if they're inspired. Um, and then I think with reflectors, like just honestly honoring that they like operate differently than basically everyone else and like not expecting them to be the same every day. Like I think reflectors can get a little bit tripped up if like they have a partner that's expecting them to be consistent because like they're going to have periods where they feel like a manifesting generator and periods where they feel like a projector and periods where they feel like a manifester. And so just kind of like supporting them and remembering that ma- that reflectors are so sensitive to their physical environment. So like basically always letting them choose this, choose the place in the space. Do you find when you do sessions with reflectors that they are basically told by society to be one way and that and that it's hard for them to not do that or to do that? Yeah, I do. And I think that it can be like a little bit, it was funny. I was like, I'm I'm just thinking of one anecdote. I was like giving a talk and this woman was so funny. I had one reflector in the audience. She'd never heard of human design before, but she laughed because she was like, her like dating profile, like Bumble or something was like, I'm this until I'm not. You know what I mean? She was like, there's just, it's not consistent, you know? And so I think that a lot of them, have felt that their experience of life is just radically different, but they haven't had a language to really talk about it. And so I think that a lot of the reflectors I talk to, you know, it's really like, I'd like to connect them more with each other just because there's like this, this language and this like understanding and perspective they have on life that is just like so unique to them. But yeah, I think there's a lot of pressure to have like a very fixed identity of like, this is who I am and this is what I can do. And reflectors, like it's always adapting and changing. And so like the best thing they can do is honestly just like, accept that and not fight it and not resistant because it obviously gets a lot more challenging when they do resist it. That is so cool. Is there one part of the design that other than knowing like your main type that like when you look at my design, that is something that's the most interesting area to you personally, or some like maybe nuanced area that's like personally fascinating to you as somebody who knows so much about human design? Yeah. I mean, I think honestly, one of the most interesting places to look is the profile because when we talk about, did we talk about that last time? I don't think we did. I don't think we did. But the profile is so interesting because especially when we talk about like building a business or like being like, you should do it this way or like market this way. And you're like, wait, that doesn't feel right to me. It's just like this often like exposes a lot of like how we're designed to do things in a way that's a little bit different. So for example, with your profile, you have two that can feel like little opposing forces, two parts of your design, but they also like just need to be balanced. And so you're what we call a two, four. And it basically means that two piece of your design is that like, you're somebody who's really designed to be like, have a hermit nature to you, like really have kind of reclusive time to do your own thing and your own time. And you're actually designed to just like be called out for things you're like naturally gifted at. Like you're someone who's not designed to like spend a lot of time doing the things that come really hard to you, but basically just cultivating the things that come easily and naturally to you and kind of making yourself available for people to recognize you and call you out for those things. And often these people struggle a little bit because they have a hard time like um, basically feeling like those things are valuable or like worthy of getting paid for, you know, because like the things that you're designed to be good at are things that are like not necessarily trainable or things you could teach other people. And I think that like I have a two in my, I'm a six two in my profile and I've had that too. And I, I've always been a little bit confused because whenever I was like hired previously, 
when I was working for companies, I would like meet a founder and they'd be like, I want to hire you. I don't know what you do or who you are, but like, I just need you to be there. And I'm like, but I've never done this before. Like, you really want me, you know? And they were just responding to like something totally different within me that they wanted as part of their company. And I think that the other piece of your designs, there's that reclusive kind of natural genius nature, but also you're somebody who is like really designed to kind of cultivate your opportunities through your community and through your network. And so like, you're not really designed to work with strangers. And so like, I have a lot of people that have these and they're like, I'm like promoting the strangers all the time. But often for you, it's really about like referral programs and just kind of like really cultivating your relationship and the people that you know, because your opportunities are all designed to come through that. And so the best thing you can do is kind of just like cultivate those relationships and trust the opportunities will come there. How does that all end? That is so, it's so true. Like so much of my life, it was hard for me to understand because I had former careers and stuff like that the gift that I was doing all of the time could even be a business or a career. Like Mm -hmm. in, and still like, it feels like being on cloud nine and I really thoroughly enjoy the connections with the people that I get to work with. And it feels so authentically being me. And sometimes I'm like, it's so like, it's so interesting that this is my business now. It's like what I've always kind of done in my life, like just naturally, like I don't know how to not do it. And now it provides a lot of value to people and it's the best feeling ever, Mm -hmm. ever. Mm -hmm. Totally. And like, and I love that so much. And again, like people just, they're, they're all different in that way. Like there are some people that are meant to work with strangers. There are people that are meant to like come in and save the day and then leave. And then like, there are other people, you know, my partner is like such an easy example because we're so different, but like, he's like, we talk about you and I like here to be like naturals, just like, it's just like the things that come easily and naturally, like he has a one in his profile. So he's here to just become like a super authority and whatever he cares about by just going like so deep into it, like really studying it, building an incredibly strong foundation. And like, he might feel insecure until that foundation is there. So like these people like, can't just like be like, I know how to do this. Like they've got to go so deep into a thing and really become a master in it, you know? And part of his process is like, and this is for people who have a three in their profile is basically all about trial and error. Like he's here to make mistakes, bump into things, fail, just like figure out as he goes. And so like these people kind of need to be encouraged to live life in a very hands-on way and know that like they aren't going to just like trust things immediately. Like they've got to poke at it and sort of see if it holds up. And so it's like these people often have made themselves wrong for failing and making mistakes, but like that's so like such an important part of their process. And it's funny seeing this operate with me, my partner, because he's like, I need to understand everything about how something works. And I'm like, I don't care. You know, like I just trust (laughs) that it does work. And it's just helpful to have a language of like, oh, I understand the difference here. So what was the four? I know the two, you said there was the hermit. What's the word for the four? The four is like, I don't always use some of the traditional language, but the the traditional language for the four is opportunist. Uh, Um, Interesting. and, And that basically is that like they, the, their relationships create opportunities for them. Ah, uh, interesting. You know what's funny? My favorite number has always been 24. Oh, really? Oh my God. So funny. Isn't that interesting? Serious. Yeah. 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 All the time since I was like young, I don't even know where I got that number from, but it's always been, you know, an important number to me. So that's kind of funny and ironic. But so, um, so I know you have, which is really cool, like the opportunity for people on your website, if they're curious to get their own blueprint. Can you talk yes, more about that? For sure. So if you want to dive deeper, I have a couple offerings, but like, honestly, the perfect place to get started is an offering called Blueprint, which I don't think I had when we first did this. I don't think so. And so I think I launched it in February, or March, but it's basically a 30 page PDF on your unique design that covers like everything we went through today and a lot more. And so I'm happy to give you guys a discount code too, for 
that if you want to get that. And then I also do individual sessions, um, which is an opportunity to kind of really talk through your design and really apply to certain scenarios in your life. That's amazing. Thank you for the discount code. That'll, oh God, we'll put that, we'll put that in the show notes and um, that'll be amazing. And so once you get the, the 30 page, I'm sure people have questions. So it's a good idea to maybe do a session just to get specific on the things that are interesting. Yeah. Exactly. And I also do a monthly ask me anything session for any of my clients. So I often get like a lot of submissions over the month and I'll just spend like a, a live hour answering all those questions. Um, Perfect. So if it's like one question then that's great. And if you have a lot of questions then a session is probably best. Awesome. And then where do they, what's your website? My website and Instagram are both Erin Clara Jones, Claire with an E at the end and E-R-I-N. Perfect. Lovely. So I am going to ask you the four questions and this will okay. be fun because you've already answered these, but I know I you, you can't, okay. right. I know it'll be different because you're different. Know, We're all different, yeah. right. As the months go by. Um, so the first question is, what is a deep truth that you've come across maybe recently since the last time you were on the show that has had a profound impact on your life? Okay. I wrote an Instagram post on this one today, so I'm going to share it because it's top of mind. Um, I was a woman whose podcast I was on. She wrote something recently. Her name's Sahara Rose. She said, um, the secret to a healthy relationship is to like do your dharma, basically follow your path, follow your purpose. And I think that like that was such a big one for me, probably in like 2017, because I was like, I wouldn't even say I was struggling, but I was just like, not, I didn't like, I was having a hard time and I was putting so much energy into all these things and basically avoiding just like following my thing and stepping into my thing. And I remember sitting with somebody and they were like, your relationship like doesn't thrive when you just put all of your energy into it. It's like, you got to just follow courageously what you're here to do. And like the rest of your life will just happen. You know, and I think that's been really true for me of just being able to kind of courageously follow and trust my own path, like my relationship, my home, my friends, like everything happens so much more organically around that when I'm just like owning who I am. So I think like, again, just kind of like following your path and purpose and trusting that things will align when you do. So beautiful. And what was it that you needed to release so that you could trust that path? Like what was the part that was making it hard before, before you had this realization? I think that like, I... I had built one human design company before and it was like, and I ended up leaving it because just like the partnership wasn't working and people didn't feel like they were ready for it. And I think that like, I just am in my human design, like I have the biggest fear of failure, you know? And so I think that I was just like, so terrified of doing it again. So I think I was just like, kind of really like sitting back and was like, I can't do it. I can't actually like succeed doing this. And my partner was like, you're crazy. This is your thing. Like you've just got to do it. And so I think that like, I was just like so scared that I just started like channeling my energy into all these other things that didn't actually feel that authentic. It's so, isn't it interesting how we do that as human beings? It's like, we feel like, oh, it can't just be like that natural. It can't just be right. what we do or love. We have to like try to do this and try to do that. And it feels like so many people have versions of that story, like trying to do all these other things, except for the thing that's right in front of your face. Exactly. That is the real you, which obviously takes courage, but it's beautiful to have that affirmation, I think. And I think the more people share about that and the more we can all hear that, it just oh. helps us align with that. So that's awesome. And what was like the third step is really about experience. And so when you started to release that fear and you started to step into like, okay, this is my dharma and this is what I should really be doing. Yeah. What started to change in your life experience? 
I mean, people just started showing up, you know, I think that like, I just like so much of my design and human design, it's all about being invited in and feeling recognized. And I think they're just like ended up being a lot more recognition and invitations because like all of a sudden I was energetically available for it and like in trust that it was my path. And so like, it just like, it always is like an inside job that like the minute I like really resolve things internally and feel like in trust and like my external totally reflects that. And so I think that like, I just all of a sudden the invitations and recognition was everywhere because I was like finally available for it. So awesome. And for you, what does it mean to align? What are the practices, the rituals? What are the things you've realized about really staying in alignment in life? So a lot of it for me has become like really aligning with my human design, which is like, you know, taking my time when I make decisions, like really taking time to rest. But I think that like alignment for me, you know, especially when I'm like working a lot and there's a lot going on, it's just like really carving out time for myself and being super present and like connected to what my body needs. You know, like I had a crazy week last week and it was like amazing, but like I was so burnt out on Friday you know, and so like this weekend, I just like literally did nothing. And that was like the most aligned thing I could have done. I mean, I really didn't do it. I did actually do some things, but like, it was just like much more restful than usual. And so I think alignment for me is just like honoring exactly where it is I am, you know, and also the other piece I'll share this came up in a conversation today with in a session I was having, but I also think it's about like being in trust. I think like when I'm not in trust and I'm like fearful or in scarcity mode, like that's when I start like reaching out and feeling super misaligned you know? And so I think when I'm like in trust of my flow and what I'm doing and like how it's all unfolding, like then I think that I just feel so much more aligned and it feels like things flow much easier from there. Mm, It's so beautifully said. I find the same thing. Like, you know how your mind goes down a road sometimes and you're like feeling pulled out of your alignment or feeling like, oh, what's going to happen here? Like those moments where I I see like number signs all the time. And when I get pulled away, like just more and more and more consistently, I'm constantly being shown like these signs in nature or these number signs, like all the time that are just like, no, we got you. Like, we got you. You're so okay. Like, you're so okay. And it just, so my like experience of life is that less and less do I question or wonder because the repetition of so many like signs that just give you goosebumps, just say, Oh, just relax, like relax, right? You're okay. Yeah. It's all happening. Everything's okay. And I think the more, um, I share about that and the more people come on the show and like, we just start to align with that, that, Oh, wait, like it's so much bigger than us. Right. And we don't mm-hmm. need to feel like we need to control everything or worry about everything. Just mm-hmm. stay in the flow, right? right? Stay in your truth and keep following the path and it exactly. all shows up. Right. And that's so much of human design is that like, when you just trust your body and make decisions and just kind of like come into that knowing then like it all flows, but like, it's not from a place of like, I know what's going to happen in five years or like, I'm doing this like in hopes that this will happen in 10. It's like, I'm going to do what feels right in this moment. And like, I'm going to be shown one step at a time. And like my job is to make decisions as like courageously and consciously as I can, like every step on the way. So amazing. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing. And I feel like this rounds out like such a beautiful from our first episode to this episode. It's just been amazing. Thank you so much. Oh my God. So fun. Thanks for having me on. I'm Shauna Lee and you've been listening to the Soul Frequency Show podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Soul Frequency. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this show. 
Join me next week for more powerful awakenings and positive vibes.